You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Thank you guys for having me this morning. Uh, before we get started, as I want to, let's pray first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Don't lead us into the great trial, but deliver us from evil. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, so we've been talking about living on mission. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you the full outline. Um, The main point of today's message is that we're together with God on mission. We're going to talk about how we pivot into that vision. We're going to talk about pressing on, and we're going to talk about prayer. And now that you've got the entire sermon in a nutshell, please stick around. I promise it'll be worth your time. Um, If you remember from 1980, if you were alive then, or maybe you've watched it since, there's a movie that came out in 1980 called The Blues Brothers. Dan Aykroyd stars in that movie. And uh, he's got a great line from that movie. You might be familiar with it. Um, they're trying to uh, save an orphanage, a Catholic orphanage. And throughout the movie, the, you know, basically the running gag is they keep getting all these types of obstacles, like any movie. And, but Dan Aykroyd's character, he always comes back to why they're doing this, why they're suffering uh, all of these obstacles and, and these funny things that happen to them along the way. It's because, as he says, I'm on a, we're on a mission from God. And uh, I was thinking about that because uh, I keep turning back um, to Bill Randall. If you don't remember, Bill Randall came and spoke to us uh, as the last uh, indoor gathering that we had here before the pandemic. And Bill Randall's message was simple. And if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It it was really impactful. And I've just been returning to it over the last few weeks as I've been thinking about this series and, and living on mission. And the gist of it is this, that we're together with God on mission, that we're together with Yahweh on mission, we're together with Jesus on mission, we're together with the Trinity on mission. And and so much of our interpretive lens um, for how we approach the world is always something different from that, right? We either adopt uh, you know, some cultural identity from which we interpret events and in which we make decisions from, and from which our, our life flows. And you can fill in the blank. But what I want to encourage us today is to really see and really seek the fact that we are together with God on mission. Now, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, we've been in the book of Haggai and Zechariah and some of the Old Testament prophets. And if you remember, we talked about how the Israelites were, were um, they were dispersed from their land. They were living in exile. And, uh, and Jason talked about how, you know, the message of God to them when they were living in exile was, uh, you know, I've got something better for you. But in the meantime, what you need to do is you need to plant gardens. You need to have children. You need to seek the good of the city. And then uh, one day, as they're living in that exile, they get uh, this announcement that they can go back to the land. Um, you know, you think of it this way. Uh, you can put yourself in their shoes. Think about having just a tremendous year of great suffering. I know it's a little hard to do, but just imagine, and that's a joke, sorry, there's no audience here to laugh, but 
you know, we've been going through it here in this year 2020, right? And just imagine all the things we've suffered this year, all the things we've been put through. And some of us obviously have suffered more than others. Uh, but just imagine that tomorrow, if you woke up and it wasn't another day of bad news, imagine if tomorrow you woke up and you, you turned on the news or you turned on your Twitter feed or wherever you get your news and all of our leaders were, were together arm in arm singing Kumbaya, right? And that's not even the great thing, right? That's, that they're getting along, but they're announcing something. And what they're announcing is whatever and however they, they've come to the conclusion or the solution, but they're announcing that this is all over, that the pandemic is done, that we can return to you know, not wearing masks and not being worried about social distance, whatever that looks like, they're announcing this great news to you that might give you a sense of what this might have been like for the Israelites as they wake up being in exiled under foreign rule for 70 years, and now they're told that they can go home. And then we're looking at you know, Haggai and Zechariah, and, that, and the story of those two prophets, they're, they're contemporaries. They're, they're preaching to the Israelites at the same time, the same period, and under the same circumstances. And if you remember, Haggai takes kind of this, this bad guy, this bad cop approach. And, and Zechariah, he's taking kind of a more of a good, good cop approach. And he's encouraging the people. And Haggai's telling them, listen, you've come home. Yes, the temple's in ruins. Uh, it's not the same. But listen, you can't just focus on building your own houses while God's house lays in ruin. And he really lays into them, you know, gives them a, a strong, uh, you know, word uh, to to spur them on to, to getting back to the work of God. And Zechariah, uh, we're gonna look at, he gives them a, a different approach. He gives them an encouraging word from Yahweh. And this is what he says, and this is Zechariah 8, 3. And it says, thus says the Lord, thus says Yahweh, I'm coming back to Zion and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and Jerusalem shall be called faithful city and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain, thus says the Lord of hosts, old men, and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with a cane in hand because of their age. And the streets shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets. So Zechariah is saying, listen, you, you see the pain and the suffering that you've gone through. You, you see a, a ruined city. But what God sees and what God is promising you is that he's coming back to dwell in your midst. And that rejoicing in the streets is going to be there again. There's gonna be good things again. And, 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 and basically what God's saying, he's like, listen, we're together on mission. We're going to do something new here. It's not what you think, it's, it's not, uh, and, and of course what, what we know eventually comes true is that God brings Jesus to bear on this world and all everything that he brings. And and he's giving them this word of encouragement. They don't see it yet, but God is promising, listen, I'm coming back. I'm gonna dwell with you and in, be in your midst. And then Haggai, uh, Haggai says this, this great phrase. He says, uh, Yahweh is saying, I'm gonna shake the heavens and the earth. See, they're, they're focused on the distractions of, of, of the problem at hand, which is they don't have a temple, everything's in ruins. Yes, they've gotten released from their imprisonment. They've got returned back to the land, but things aren't the way they used to. And they're not the way they wanted them to be. But God, in their midst of their suffering, saying, I'm with you and I'm coming back and we're going to build something better. And it's just a reminder 
that no matter what we've been through or what is yet to come with Christ and in, our, in the Messiah, right, our greatest days are still ahead of us. We don't always get to deal with the world the way we want it. The Israelites sure would have loved to come back and the temple have been uh, exactly the way they left it, not in ruins. But we don't, get to, we don't get to decide the way the world is. We have to deal with the world the way it is. And that's why it's so important that we, we look to God and we look to pivot, right? I told you we're gonna talk about being pivot. All of the things we've gone through this year, you know, we, we've lamented and it's okay to lament and it's okay to grieve. But I think the point of what we're trying to encourage you with is that even in our lament and grief, it's time to move forward. And it's time to realize that we're together with God on mission. So we have to pivot. That might look different for all of us, right? And it's not a matter of us just throwing up our hands, you know, looking just like the Israelites, well, the temple's ruined, I might as well just build my house. It's, it's looking at all the things that we have to do and we can do and realizing that we're together with God on mission, right? There's this great story in Luke 13, um, chapter 13, and Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's grieving over Jerusalem, right? And, and he's, he's, he's sending a word out, out to uh, uh, the Caesar. He's saying, go tell that fox, you know, that I'm casting out demons. I'm doing the work of God and I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, and no matter what you throw at me, you guys, are, they're trying to kill Jesus. They're trying to trip Jesus up, Pharisees and Caesar. He said, in any case, I must press on today, tomorrow, and the next day for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. What he's saying is I know the mission that I'm on together with my father, right? And you're not gonna stop me. And we have to adopt that same mindset that in any case, we're going to press on, right? We're not gonna be stopped by these problems and these sufferings. Yes, we have, yes there's suffering and yes, it's hard to deal with. But we, when we realize and we pivot into this mindset and this thinking and this vision that we're together with God on mission, we can suffer any tragedy because it's not about necessarily the suffering that we're going through or the situation on the ground when everything is framed by the fact that we're together with God on mission. It changes things, right? So we have to keep that always before our minds. Listen, part of what's come out of this this year is this idea that there are essential workers and non-essential workers. But I will tell you, in God's kingdom, when you are together with him on mission, everyone is essential. Every task is essential. Everything that you bring to, to the day is essential when you're together with God on mission. Uh, think about it this way. I used to work at a correctional facility and you have your security badge, right? And uh, you go up to the gate, they, they buzz you in, and then they check your badge, they give you keys. You don't have keys just for inside. You, you get them issued every day for security reasons, right? They issue your keys that you're allowed to have based on your security clearance, and then they buzz you out, buzz you into the, the facility. Now, there are a lot of ideas about this job. You could look at that job and say, oh, that's a really simple job. Uh, the person who, who runs that is, is on that shift, that's all they do. They buzz people in, keys, buzz out. Buzz in, keys, buzz out. It's a, you know, a simple task, right? And uh, you might look at that as saying, well, it doesn't mean anything. There's no purpose to this task. I just have to do this job. But let me tell you, there were, 
I experienced several different people who worked at that job, right? And there are people, when you go to that gate, they're miserable and they exude that misery and you pick up on it and you're starting out your shift and that person's miserable, they're taking their time, they don't have a good attitude with you. They have, in fact, they, have, they can be even snarky with you. It affects you if you allow it, right? And then there were other people who came to that job as a mission, as a mission. They were of goodwill, they were of good cheer and they would talk to you and they'd smile and they would give everything they had to that task of buzz, keys, buzz out, right? And you would be affected by their joy and it would start your shift so much more differently when you had one of those people who didn't just think of that as just a task of buzzing people in and out, but as an opportunity to affect the world around them. You see, those people who made a difference at that job were together with God on mission. Everything is spiritual. There is no non-essential work when you're together with God on mission. And we have to keep this before our minds. So where are you? What is your modus operandi, right? I don't even know if you say that correctly. What is your mission every day when you get up? What is your mindset? Is it just another day in the rut of life? Or are you, again, embracing today as an opportunity to be together with God on mission? When you go home, you're together with God on mission. When you go to work, you're together with God on mission. When you make dinner for the family, you're together with God on mission. When you provide an encouraging word to a stranger or a coworker or a family member, you're together with God on mission. When you sit down with your children and help them with the distance learning, that's an opportunity for you to be together with God on mission. When, when you go on social media, like, whether you like it or not, that's an opportunity for you to either adopt the cultural lens and, and, and provide to the noise, or it's an opportunity for you to be together with God on mission, right? Listen, we might suffer another hit at the hands of 2020. We don't know what tomorrow is gonna bring. It might be good news, it might be bad news. But whatever it is, if we adopt this, this mindset, this framework for which to approach it, that we're together with God on mission, it will change the way we approach things. It will change our mindset. It will change the fact of how we understand and interpret our reality. There's this great verse in John 15, 5. And he says that, you might be familiar with, I am the vine and you are the branch. And those who are connected to me produce great fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that's a striking verse. And you, and it strikes me every time I read it. What is it saying? It's saying, without God, you absolutely do nothing, right? There's another part to that verse, though. And I think it's important. And Dallas Willard says it like this. It says, if you do nothing, it most certainly will be without God. I'm going to say that again so you don't miss it. If you do nothing, it is without God. So yes, we can do nothing without God. And if we do nothing, it will be without God. But if we realize that we're together with God on mission, the whole world changes. All menial tasks become supernatural events for the kingdom of God that matter for eternity. Now listen, I don't mean to beat you up that you don't have this uh, positive attitude. Listen, 
I'm not saying you're gonna master it in one day. Listen, last night when I was putting the kids to bed, I was not together with God on mission. I was on mission to get those kids to bed, right? But if you can adopt it just a little bit at a time, one task, one day, one task a day, and just say, oh, together in this moment, I'm with God on mission. And you just start to let that permeate you. You will start to grow into that. You'll start to grow into this kingdom mindset where more and more of what you do, you realize it's a matter of being together with God on mission. There's this other verse in Colossians, it's 3.17, and it says this. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, does that verse leave out anything? I'm gonna say it again. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That whatever leaves nothing out, right? So whatever you do, you do it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole Trinity is there, giving thanks. That attitude, that, that gratitude is there. Every opportunity is an opportunity to be together with Yahweh on mission. So like I said, we were gonna cover three things. We're gonna talk about pivoting. We're gonna pivot into whatever 2020 has for us. And as we pivot, we're gonna adopt that mindset that we're together with God on mission. And I hope you understand what I've said today because I've said it like a million times. And I'm gonna say it again, we're together with God on mission. That's what I want you to leave here today with. We're gonna press on in any circumstance because we know that we're together with God on mission. And thirdly, what I want you guys to do, what I want to encourage you to do, and this is nothing new if you've been in church before, if you've listened to the message, I'm going to encourage us to go in prayer. Pray first. You know, as we start to adopt this mindset that we're together with God on mission, like we were talking about, go to the refuge, go to God, ask, right? We have to go in prayer. We don't, because exactly we don't know what's going to happen next but we know that we can go to him in prayer and prayer changes things. Listen, and it doesn't have to be a legalistic thing. You don't have to have the three rules to having great prayer. Prayer, especially in the kingdom of God and when you adopt this mindset that you're together with him on mission, prayer is just a matter of talking to God about what you guys are gonna do today together. All right? And it will change things and it has to change things. We don't know what's going to happen, but we can pray like it depends on God because it does, right? We can do nothing without him. So let us, let us devote ourselves over the next few months of this, this, this season, of this year, and really just turn to God in prayer. However that looks for you. It doesn't have to be uh, formal prayers. It doesn't, you don't have to understand what you're doing. Just talk to God. Talk to him like he's your old friend that you've, you haven't talked to in a way. You always pick up right away, right? You should, in, in your prayer and, and, and learning to enjoy God, you, you will laugh with him. You will cry with him. He is there for you. And that's what I'm encouraging us to do as we move forward in this new season. While we live on mission, we have to embrace this. And, and if you don't think prayer changes something, and I hesitate to, to share this story, uh, on Thursday, I had already had an outline for this message. I had already done a, a rehearsal, but I asked, I asked for prayer on Thursday night and Jason prayed over me. And that night, um, 
I just had a flood of thoughts that, that helped shape what I'm talking to you about today. Now, if this message is bad, you're going to be thinking, that is just a coincidence. That prayer did not go well. And that's why I hesitate to ask. But to me, it felt like that was answered prayer, right? And the more we pray, the more coincidences happen. That's what C.S. Lewis tells us about prayer. So, it's a, so I encourage us, adopt this mindset that we're together with God on mission. And let's turn to him faithfully in prayer over this next few months in this season. And as you go out today, I just want to give you with this blessing and this prayer over your life. Wherever you are, just, just put your hands in a posture of receiving, receiving as I give you the blessing. And now may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance to you. May he look right at you. And wherever you are, as you are together with God on mission, in these days, may he give you his peace. Amen and amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com. Thank you.